Hey, it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios' premier wrestling podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam, the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, it is Scott. Hey, buddy, we, we, have, we have quite a bit to talk about today. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, some interesting news stories. We want to get into NXT 2.0, which has officially kicked off, and we have a lot to talk about on that subject alone. Yeah. But that being said, I want to get into some quick news stories. First and foremost, last Sunday, Death Before Dishonor 18, am I reading that right? Wow. 18 took place in Lakeland, Florida. No, it took, why am I seeing Lakeland, Florida? Oh, it's supposed to be in Lakeland, Florida. But it was at the 2300 Arena. Oh, in Philly. Yep. Uh, some of you might know that as the infamous ECW Arena. Um, I want to go back and check out this card because I know there were some cool matches that happened here. Taylor Russ took on Jake Atlas and defeated him by submission. Um, OGK, so the OG Kingdom, uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett took on the Briscoes. Um, Josh Woods defeated Jonathan, Jonathan Grisham for the Pure Rules, uh, the, the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Um, we have a Ring of Honor Women's Champion now, uh, Rock, Roxy. And then Bandito defeated Brody King and Demonic Flaminta and EC3 for the uh, world title. So I just, you know, I think they're slowly coming back on the up. So I think, you know, we can't can't shy away from what they have going on. Right. Exactly. Also, um, coming up, we've uh, NWA's announced Hard Times 2. It's set for December. Um, I saw something somewhere. That said Ric Flair was wrestling Trevor Murdoch for the title. Now, I can't find any confirmation. And with the internet throwing random shit out there, especially Facebook, probably not true. But if it happens, it also won't surprise me. Well, after what has also come out with a certain show, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. Well, let's talk about that. Let's, let's, let's talk about this. So for those of you who don't know, Dark Side of the Ring Season 3 Part 2 has officially kicked off starting with the plane ride from hell a legendary story that altered um things slightly 
you know, got people fired, got people in trouble. Um, some people showed their true colors. Um, so in this, Rick Flair's talked about how he makes an unwanted advance to one of the flight attendants, pretty much corners her in the in the galley, takes out his junk, and wants her to grab it. Now, Tommy Dreamer is on this as well, because I believe he was on the plane. I, I, I need a full list of who was on this plane ride, because I don't even think they they supplied that full list. Probably not. Um, so, Tommy Dreamer, where is this, this statement? I just had it. He made a comment, so after this, so so what ended up happening was, so there was this unwanted advance, the woman and her husband filed a lawsuit against the company, and they settled. They got a payout. They don't talk about the payout, but they just said they settled out of court. Tommy Dreamer made a comment. If that's how she felt, then this is verbatim. If that's how she felt, maybe she should not have taken a payout and went to the fullest extent of the law to then truly put this heinous, heinous person in jail. I feel this is trying to portray someone as a sexual predator and is not. It's a joke. It's a gag. And today, a thousand percent inappropriate. I've never seen him try to force his will against anybody. Now, because of these statements, Tommy Dreamer has been suspended from impact indefinitely. Yep. The irony about this now, I was thinking about this. I'm like, okay, well, what about Flair? If Flair was being accused on this, Wouldn't he also be pulled from anything that he was going to be a part of going forward? Or maybe That's, his status is so much higher. It's kind of like Hulk Hogan. It's like it's damaged, but you know what? He's a legend in his own right. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, there's there's accountability that, that needs to be taken. I understand, like, statutes of limitation and whatnot, and I, I, if it's too late. I didn't get a chance to watch the episode. Um, so I've just been reading the absolute ridiculousness that's been coming out of and i say that just like the amount of like pure anger i've seen out of twitter the last couple of days it's been like they want his head in dreamers as well on a silver platter uh i believe um who is it dustin also was another one that yeah people are not happy right now and 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 it's it's well justified i mean you know this shit shouldn't be happening, period. I don't care how long ago it was. It just Yeah. So the Dustin part, I think, I don't know if him and Terry Reynolds had already split by this point, but he was drunk on the intercom singing love songs to her. That's that's the fullest of what we got out of that. And even at you know, one point, JR, JR was on the plane, and he pretty much looked, JR is a straight businessman. This is why, you know, he comes out and he's just like, he goes, I just told him, Dustin, shut up and sit down. And he did. He passed out. You know. But it's interesting. It's, it's yeah, these comments are very questionable. The joke part, okay, I won't agree. Yeah, it's a joke. Ha ha. Yeah, no. No, that's not. The, the, there's, that's, that's a no. However... His statement about how she felt and they should have, you know, not settled out of court. I mean, this is 20 years ago, but I, I can kind of see where he's coming from. Where he's like, 
they shouldn't have taken, you know, if they really felt that way, they should have taken a payout and just like gone full on with the assault, you know, with, with the sexual assault charges. Again, this is coming from what we're given in a hour, hour and a half. It might even been an hour and a half, honestly. Episode of Dark Side of the Ring. And it's really upset him because Tommy Dreamer's always been a favorite of mine. Because he was he almost felt he's for me, he's always been like the underdog prior to Daniel Bryan. Right. You know, he was the little well, not that he was little, but like he was the the, the underdog, the little guy, you know, always trying to fight to get to the top. Obviously, you know, there's other things in this episode, like, you know, Scott Hall made advances to one of them, grabbed them by the shirt, ripped her buttons, said he was going to lick her or whatnot. But he was also supposedly drugged. Interestingly enough, so in the episode, Kurt Henning, and this this is what blew, I was just talking to you about this, Scott. Kurt Henning and Brock Lesnar are both on this plane, and they start wrestling each other. <laughs> I, 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 Kurt Henning, a legend of the late 80s, early 90s, and Brock Lesnar. Those are like two worlds that like you really have to just sit there. And, it's like Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. You're like, wait a minute. Right. What timeline are we in? And and it's crazy because that's the most normal thing that happened on that plane ride. Yeah. So the other thing too is Kurt Henning supposedly is one of the was one of the biggest gags or there was a, there was a term, but he was he loved pulling pranks on people. Mm. That was like his. They were like when Kurt Henning returned, which I believe he was released too. After this. McKim, Scott Hall, and whatnot. But when he returned to the WWE at the time, WWF, he, he the ante went up a lot. Oh Jesus! Um, I also think I heard something about Vince might have been even on the flight. But I need I I would be curious about a list of who exactly was on this flight. Right. Um, this this also just intensifies the fact that you and I need to go back and do what we did the first two seasons and review each episode. We need to bring back this Dark Side of the Ring series. It was a lot of fun the first time around. I think this time will be equally as fun. Yeah. So that was that. I I want to talk about that, especially with Tommy Dreamer. He's been one of the driving forces um, in Impact. I don't know how you reprimand somebody for making statements about something that happened twenty years ago. Um, what I will say, he made statements. Could he apologize for him? Yeah, he didn't commit the act, but it was 20 years. Like, what do you, you know, do you destroy somebody's career for something that he made comments about for something that happened 20 years ago, which I don't even think he was like, he was on the plane, but I don't even think he took part. I don't think, I don't know if he was, he might've been sober. One of the sober ones. So. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't think he should be on his deathbed because of what I read, but disciplinary action, sure. My opinion. Now, last but not least, um, interestingly enough, uh, another legend in his own right, uh, Pierre Ouellette, also known as PCO, uh, gave his notice to Ring of Honor. He His contract's up uh, December 1st. Now he's been signed for Ring of Honor for three years exclusively, and he has no qualms with Ring of Honor. But because of his contract limited him to his performances, he's pretty much open to go anywhere now. So, and it's crazy because he was relevant thirty years ago. Yep. 
and he's still pretty relevant. You know, he was what one half of the Quebecers. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's pretty much he's mentioned. Oh, I'd like to go to New Japan. Or I'd like to go to CMLL or you know anyway. He's pretty much open. He might even just go to the Indies and just work the Indies for a bit. PWG. Um, this would be interesting to see what happens because I think out of the past couple years, few years with Ring of Honor going down the tubes, losing. I don't mean that like aggressively. Um, and about their product, but I mean in regards to the elite in the Bullet Club pretty much removing themselves from the picture. Um, I think he's been one of the driving forces. One of the few people I still know that's on the card all the time. Agreed. So. That being said. Scott, you know it was more disastrous than the plane ride from hell? <laughs> well, we don't know. Or do we? Oh, I know where you're going with this, Sam. <laughs> um, as we kick off our, our weekly wrestling talks, NXT 2.0 officially debuted itself in a very, very bright manner, I'll say. My God. It was like staring into the sun. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of like the very beginning of the original NXT, how bright they were, and I mean they were very heavy, heavy on the yellow and the black because that was their brand color. Now it's the rainbow. It's everything. It's 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 ridiculous. But I mean, I really can't get overly upset, especially after watching the whole episode. The first episode, the the first hour though, Sam and I were were chit chatting back and forth and. I wasn't a huge fan of the change. I'll be 100% honest. Yeah, let's get the negatives out of the right way. First and foremost, I personally do not like the setup. I don't like that. What? Let me rephrase that. I like the layout where it's like an octagon, the way the people surround the ring. Yeah. I like that. Don't like the colors. Don't like how bright it is. It it almost felt like a glorified indie show. I honestly believe that that's what they're trying to turn this into. Because we saw an influx of new talent that we've never seen before. People thrown into an NXT heavyweight championship match where the guy had under 500 followers on Twitter. And I was like, the fuck? And you're putting this man in a heavyweight title match. Okay. Just some of the decisions just didn't really make a lot of sense. One of the things that I love about I loved about NXT, especially when they're going head to head with AEW, was they always kicked off with a banger of a match because they knew people were going to be watching AEW for the top tier match at the beginning of the hour. Same thing with them. The opening match, it almost felt like you were watching Dark or Elevation. Yeah. And the not first, that, the first hour felt like I was watching Dark or Elevation. And enough, nothing wrong against that. You know, I mean, that's that's for enhancement talent. And there's a lot of bangers that are on there that we don't get to see. I've, I've gone back and watched some, and there's some stuff. I mean, there's a lot of fluff, but again, it's enhancement. You're enhancing your talent that way. Right. Um, but we kicked off with LA Knight taking on Braun Breaker, who is Rex Steiner, who's the son of... Not Scott. Rick. Rick Steiner. Which, by the way, I found out that they've been banned from even mentioning that whatsoever. I was just about to mention that myself. Yeah, it's... I, I don't understand... Why you would 
Like, I understand if you're if you have an issue with Scott Steiner because WWE and Scott Steiner are not exactly on the best of terms. But what the hell has Rick done? Have I missed something that they're upset with Rick Steiner? So they're not going to call this kid Rex Steiner, which I thought, which I think is a bajillion times better of a name than Braun Breaker. Like, really? Like, I hear Braun, I think of Strowman. I don't know if this is a way to try to erase Strowman. Just theory I'm thinking of right now, but I don't get it. And having two K's in his last name, like, what? Like, come on. Yeah. And, of course, I have a feeling they'll shrink it, and he'll just be called Breaker at some point. Yeah. He, um, and it was funny, it was funny because before we even found that out, I, I messaged you, I'm like, wow, he looks, like, like, that gear looks like he's, like, a Steiner brother. And somebody on Twitter actually posted him pretty much in the same gear, and I'm like, oh. Yep. Um, He's but a Steiner let's, uh, without being called the Steiner. <laughs> but the the thing, the first three matches, had that these both all been in the middle of the card, I think I would have been a little more okay. But we start off with three wrestlers wrestling like no names, almost. Right. And the the thing that really kind of took me off guard was that Braun Breaker actually defeated L.A. Knight. And L.A. Knight was in the heavyweight championship match at the end of the night. Could you not have picked another well-established superstar for Braun to beat? It made no logistical sense to have someone who's contending for the heavyweight championship to lose in the opening contest of this new rebranding of the show. Now, my only argument would be this is something that Braun can use in the future. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I beat somebody who is a number one contender, which, I mean, isn't really it. If there was a champion, sure. But, like, I don't know. Again, I want to see what the long-term storytelling is here. I'm very curious if there is any, to be honest with you. Well, by the end of the night, it kind of made some sense. But still, I I, I feel like if you're going to have someone contending for a heavyweight title, that we didn't even talk about this. Samoa Joe relinquishes the title due to an unknown injury and he's out of the ring yet again. So another frustrating part to this whole thing going on where Joe has to relinquish, relinquish the title. I believe it was last Sunday. So we were, I was already coming into this show upset at the fact that Joe is no longer champion. Number one, number two, I thought NXT was fine as it was. I didn't think there were any real issues with it. It was, I thought it was just going along as it was. Yeah. I don't know. This is just my personal preference. I get it. People like change sometimes. And I don't know the last hour of this show. I thought they really brought it back. Um, It felt like NXT the last hour. It did. So we'll see what happens, but we had, we had Braun win in this first matchup. Yeah. And aside from that, I mean, he didn't look bad. No, no, no. Yeah, I have nothing against. I have nothing against him. Like he, he, he looks the part. Yeah. I just had a problem with him, like beating someone like LA Knight, who's in the opener. Yeah, who's competing for the title in the main event. Yeah, that's understandable. I, I wanted to just make sure that you know everyone listening knows that. Aside from our gripes, there, he still looked good. Yeah, and I, he's very promising. Um. I mean, following that, again, we had three matches in a row that were just, like, enhancement matches or, like, development matches. You know, Imperium took on these brother. What the hell were their names? 
Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Josh Briggs, I know from the indie scene. I've seen him wrestle up in New England. He's he's a good wrestler. Brooks Jensen, no idea at all. So apparently they're a tag team. That's great. Good for them. Imperium, though, does get the win, which I expected. But if Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen are going to be, you know, household names down the road, then, okay, this is, this is, I thought this was an okay, okay way to bring them in. They come in, they challenge a established team, and the established team gets the win. So now we know who these guys are, and we'll hopefully continue to see them grow as time goes on. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, Imperium always delivers probably one of my favorite tag teams. I'm just, I don't know. I think you and I, by this point, you, like I said, that first hour, the way the show kicked off, it just was just, it didn't flow. No, not at all. The, the so the promising thing, we'll go just for the, the third match, we had Hit Row come out and Hit Row is doing their promo. And I, I think I text you, I go, okay. Now it's it's this is promising. You know, we got hit row. It feels starting to feel like NXT a little bit. Yep. Um, and it was because BFAB was wrestling uh Katrina Cortez, which again was oh you know, it was not a bad match. No, it was BFAB's first match on the uh, on the show. Um I was actually wondering when they'd actually have her wrestle. Um, and uh, Katrina Cortez, we've seen a couple times before, but she's been in these types of matches. So was the match, you know, perfectly clean and spectacular? No. Was it good enough for a first match? Yes. B-Fab looked good. So I'm glad that she's actually an active wrestler now. So let's see where this goes. Yeah, so following that... We had this bit with Carmelo Hayes, which was somebody else I was really concerned about because he he went you and I we've seen him in the indie scene. I saw him at a Ring of Honor show, you know, Christian Casanova. He's one of the guys I was I'm I'm a little concerned for, especially he shows so much promise. He's he's one I'm hope does not get screwed with this whole new 2.0 thing. I don't think I don't think he'll be one that will be because I know they're very high on him and him introducing trick Williams as his, essentially his muscle, I think is a good move. Uh, We also pretty much saw Carmelo go more heelish, which I believe he's better as anyways. Um, So it's nice to see him kind of turn. They also took out Duke Hudson who is an not really established heel, but he's he's putting his name out there, um, just to kind of show everybody, you know, what's what. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think this tandem, especially with with Trick helping Carmelo along the way, because you know, as you know, as he wore on, on Tuesday, his shirt just said "Future." He is the future of this of of NXT. Calling it right now, he will be an NXT champion. He will be an NXT champion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially with Trick there now. I, I can I definitely don't see him going after the North American title now. I definitely see him going straight to the top. Yeah. So following that, we had a tag team match, which 
mid-commercial break turned into a six-woman tag match. Correct. Like, they didn't even mention it when they came back from commercial break, but we'll get into that in a minute. So we had Katie K- Casey Catanzaro, Caden Carter, and Saray taking on Gigi Dolan, J.C. Jane, and Mandy Rose. A brand-new Mandy Rose. And let me tell you, Scott almost turned off NXT because he goes, if they fuck up Mandy Rose's character, I'm done. <laughs> I, I've, watched, I've watched professional wrestling for 30-plus years at this point, older than you, Sam. I've watched wrestling longer than you've been on this planet. And I've never been to the point where I was so perturbed by this first hour of this show that I was like, if they ruin, somehow they ruin Mandy. I'm like that for me. I don't know why, but that was the, that was the final straw that would have broke the camel's back. But dear God, did they, did they redeem themselves? Holy shit. I didn't think Mandy could be more beautiful. But my God, <laughs> it just worked so well. Mm-hmm. The darkness of Gigi and, and JC already—it's just it fits. It, they mesh so well together. I really like where this trio was going. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. Um, and again, Casey and Caden, prob- i would probably even argue—are my favorite um, women's tag team. Mm. We don't get to see enough of them. They have they, they have everything going for them. I and agree. They don't, they don't have the titles. So Hope, hopefully on 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 NXT 2.0, which I I, I just want to just call it NXT. Um, oh, totally now that now. they're <laughs> now that they're focusing more on development. I hope we get to see them more often because they're honestly the veterans of this new show. Mm-hmm. So. Hopefully they can get in the more into the mix for the women's tag team titles. Um, I know obviously they just had an opportunity, but I definitely don't expect EO to stay in NXT for too much longer. And no. Zoe honestly should be going for the women's title. So this would be a perfect opportunity for the vacuum to be filled by Casey and Caden or help even Gigi or JC. No, there there are other other women's tag teams out there, so we'll see. But yeah. this women's division is not in any trouble whatsoever. No, they they are they are creeping up just like um, right behind the knockouts division. Very I true. still think the knockouts division might be the best women's division out there. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, I will agree with you on that. Um, so following that, we had Ridge Holland taking on Drake Maverick in a squash match. Um, let me, let me say this. I love Ridge Holland and I love Drake Maverick. Ridge Holland's character does not need to be doing squash matches. He's not a Braun Strowman. He's not a Kane. He's, he, he's just a, he's just a heavy hitter. He doesn't need to be, oh, I got to show him a monster every week. Right. It, it just did not, it didn't fit well. Right. And with Drake being on Raw late, recent, the last couple of weeks, he doesn't need to be back on NXT. Just oh, he's on Raw. On, so he's on Raw now. That? I don't know. That that surprised me even too. I was like, "Why is he there? He should just be on Raw." But whatever. It is what it is. The the draft is coming, so I'm assuming maybe they'll officially draft him to Raw, and then he won't have to worry about NXT anymore. I don't know. There's a lot of things going on right now, and it's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So after that, we had another. Uh, 
developmental match. Um, the Creed brothers taking on so Dan Jarman and uh, Trevor Skelly. I will say though, the Creed brothers, they look spectacular in the ring. They are they just systematically destroy people, and it's fantastic to see. We also, speaking of the Diamond Mines, got ourselves a new member, Ivy Nile, who has been on the Titan Games, because I recognized her immediately. I'm like, I know this chick. Where is she from? Titan Games was a fun show to watch. If people haven't watched it, go out and take a look at it. It's good, it's good stuff. It's but good having, have, yeah. <laughs> having her as a part of the Diamond Mine, that's a good pickup. I like the fact that they brought a woman into this. Um, I know I understand it was supposed to be Roddy's wife, but she was let go of the company at that point. So bringing in someone who legitimately legitimately looks like she can break your face just looking at it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. Um again, the match was they looked good. It just it just seemed all right. Um following that, we had our faux main event, main event. Because yes. I was kind of confused. I'm like, why the hell is the main event happening so early? They really going to give them that much time? Forgetting that we had more important matters at the end. <laughs> but, so, we had the NXT Championship uh, on the line. Uh, Tommaso Chab, Ciampa, Pete Dunne, LA Knight, and Von Wagner filling in for uh, Kyle Riley, who was injured uh, prior to this. This, yeah, they, they, they showed, uh, I believe it was during the women's match, um... Kyle Riley getting attacked, or he was getting ready, like, you know, practicing his punches and his kicks, and then he was attacked by Rich Holland and Pete Dunne, injured, but we had saw we, we had seen this, this random person come out of nowhere and chase them off. Regal then talks about um, how Kyle is out due to injury, but replacing him will be the person who saved him in, in Von Wagner. And I'm just like, like that, like that Snoop Dogg gift. Who? <laughs> like, who is this person? So I found him, looked him up. He had like 400 and something followers on Twitter. And I'm just like, you're literally throwing a no name into a heavyweight title match. Now, I will say, he pulled his weight. So maybe it was warranted. He looked like, okay. There's pros and cons here. He looked good. He looked he really did. good. He did. Um, now, again, I mean, going back to like the Braun Breaker thing, I mean, Braun Breaker defeated somebody like LA Knight in his first match in the ring. Here was kind of like, oh, we're going to throw you in the main event to wrestle the title. He didn't lost. I mean, sense. didn't make sense to me. I mean, Goldie went back to, you know, who, who she belongs to. Yes. You know, good old Tommaso. Probably, I think... Oh, man. Probably one of the best wrestlers that WWE has in their complete roster. Correct. Um, but I hope with somebody like Von Wagner... I get concerned with people like this because... Watching that match, I'm like... This is very out of place. But he feels like he... Like, if he had a name for himself... Like he would have belonged more in this match, yes. If he had, like... 600,000, uh, 100,000 followers. It would be like, okay, it, I know him. popularity means nothing, but if people knew him, 
that's like how do I explain it? That's like if I'm trying to think like it it just it it's odd. It's just weird. It's there's something. It just felt off. Yeah, I mean, the second hour was like we talked about was much better than the first one when it came to how NXT is supposed to feel. But I don't know. Like, why? Why was why was Kyle out? Like, is he legitimately injured? Was I? I don't know. Is he going somewhere else? Who knows? It's just I don't know. I was actually really looking forward to that fatal four way, and then throwing. Vaughn into it I was like I kind of feel like you've taken the shine out of this match I mean granted I'm not I mean I, I'm a I'm a fan of Kyle O'Reilly and I knew he probably wasn't going to win but he adds that extra passion yeah I'm wondering if he's going to go up to the main roster I wonder if that's his way is I'm going to be off TV for a couple weeks and to prep for the main roster maybe getting drafted in the who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just thought it was I just thought it was weird. But with Tomasa winning, I felt like that was the best call. Uh, if anybody's gonna lead the way into this new series, this new era, I think he's the right guy to do it. Everybody else will have their chance. Pete Dunn is definitely gonna be an NXT champion at some point. We all know LA Knight at some point is gonna have that title as well. Vaughn, it's his first time on the show. We'll see what happens. Um, he could definitely use this as like I competed for the title on my first show. What about you guys? You know, and then you know, we'll talk about what happened at the very, very, very end of the show. We will. But well, after that, we had probably, for me personally, my second favorite WWE wedding that I've ever seen in my entire life. Is your first one the Miss Elizabeth and Randy Savage? You got it, sir. Okay, that's right, guys. Index is a thing. The index wedding. Wow. This was. Interestingly enough. So this may have been the best segment of the whole night. Arguably so. And again, I don't want to put any downers on this. I was reading online and whatnot. Somebody said, yeah, no, the wedding was incredible. It was like the best moment of the night. But when something like this is the best moment of the night, you really need to evaluate your new show true but this was the culmination of something that's been building for months uh, yes no under, understandably so and like not to knock it or anything i mean like i said the last hour of this show felt more like nxt but there's a lot of work that needs because they need to do fucking work to begin with Ugh. this was this was incredible this was <laughs> we got to hear dexter loomis speak for the first time there's so much about this that was hysterical where like uh Ico had the rings or austin theory give uh Ico the rings He's like why would you give the guy the, those rings anyone object dexter shows the axe i know everybody like, puts the hand down <laughs> it was just and then he chokes out the priest and then beth comes up i thought that was perfect i'm like where is Beth Phoenix in all this? And then she ends up being the one to marry them. It's just. I, I knew something like this was going to happen. So I went and became a minister. Yeah. <laughs> I got ordained online last night. <laughs> like this is. 
every part of this was incredible. I love too how the crowd every time Dexter got close to a mic, they'd all be like, shh, shh, shh. and then he spoke, and the crowd just explodes. I love how when he said "I," everybody in the ring was like, <gasps> the big gasp. It was just yeah. They this this whole thing could not have gone more perfectly i thought this was the perfect way to have an actual wedding no shenanigans nobody you know coming out and being like you know this this definitely wasn't lashley lana thank god and interestingly enough because again i've missed a couple of weeks of nxt but the progression i've watched the way has gone from being this heel faction and now they're like they i guess our face I don't know, but it's like, because even, you know, when I'm listening to Johnny and Be- um, um, Candace talk, it's like, yeah, we could, we could have pushed her away. We could have told her no, but you know, she's got to follow her heart and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is really natural storytelling. Yep. Like yep. this is, this was. They did a, they did a wonderful job with it. They really, really, truly did. Now the question is, Scott, where do we go from here? I don't know. That's the thing. Um, I I would I would honestly expect there to be some type of honeymoon segment. Um, whether it's a review of what happened or you know something happens while they're on their honeymoon, um, but after that, who knows? Maybe she changes her name to Indy Loomis. Maybe that's a way to get rid of Hartwell. I don't know. Uh, who knows? It's interesting. I, I'm, I'm very intrigued on on where this goes from here. Like, is now Indy gonna copy Dexter in like her entire like move set? Is she gonna come out to like creepy music? I don't know. It's 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 gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch and see how her development continues. Um, and Dexter doesn't have to do anything. Like he's literally perfect the way he is. So who knows? Like this could empower both of them to go after titles. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious. Um, but again, that's our take on NXT. Anyone who wants to tell us what they thought, we are more than curious. We're not usually this negative, but like Scott and I, we were just we were just like, what is going on? Like you had a perfectly good pro- and I understand. Okay, I understand that TV ratings aren't where they wanted them to be. But when you push your other pro, it's kind of like PlayStation. They released the Vita as their handheld, yeah. and the fucking thing was dead on arrival. Yeah. They never like produced anything for it. Oh, it didn't do well. Did you you make any games for it? Well, no. Did you market it? Not really. But <laughs> nobody want. Did you? Oh, okay, okay. I see, I see. But people are still buying other shit products. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna put the money into that. Marketing works, folks. It does. And this pulled in. I know you told me seven. I think seven. Seven ten, seven, which is ten. even lower than normal. Normally they're in the 750, 760s. Um, so this didn't change anything. No. No, it so, did not. Yeah. So, so we we'll, will, we'll see. <laughs> however, you want to talk about shows that are now beaten raw in a demo. Two weeks in a row now? And I know it's not head to head on Mondays. Well, guess what? At this rate, if they can keep up this momentum, maybe one. Well, no, because he's smart because he doesn't want to compete with the NFL. On fucking Mondays. Good for you, Tony. Oh, yeah, because he has a football team. So 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, hold on, though. Hold, hold on a minute. This is the Jaguars we're talking about. They're never going to sniff Monday Night Football. Never. You don't know. Anything can happen, Scott. Anything can happen. So, with that being said, AEW. Oh, man. Oh, man. The A Show? We are a week away. A week away from Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And that card looks spectacular. The fact that we're getting not only a two-hour dynamite, but a two-hour rampage out of this. Also, we got Kenny Omega taking on Brian Danielson for the title. This is the timeline we live in, folks. We may have gotten COVID, but we have this, too. Is it for the title, though? I thought it was, was that a... Or is this just an exhibition match between the two of them? Hold a second. Now you got me wondering. Because if it's an exhibition, that would make sense. Because Kenny was real quick to say, well, you haven't done anything here, so why do you deserve a title? Title shot, you know? That You might be right on that one. I thought it was for the title, but even still, we're getting them wrestle each other. I'm kind of curious. Where's the... F- Every time if- I go... If it's not for the title, then I can definitely see Brian Anderson winning. Yes. If it's for the title, I don't know. Mm, I actually, I don't know. I can see Brian Anderson winning too. It's... But I, I don't know if I'd want him to win the title off the bat. But at the same time, it would be kind of weak for him to lose. It's really a weird scenario. Well, it's Kenny. There's going to be shenanigans. Kenny never wins clean. No, he does not. No, he does not. Hold a second. Stay like that again, Scott. Sorry. Uh, you're going to. Oh, man. I love when my photos line up. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to send this to you right now. <laughs> That's probably even better than the Fandango one. I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, no. Hold a second, guys. I need a. I want to see Scott's. <laughs> Oh my god. Baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, let's let's get into this because like they are these cards. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're gonna be like WCW, they're signing all this talent. The big difference between WCW, WWE, and AEW, I want people to keep this in mind. This is what the Forbidden Door is about. Yeah, they're signing people. They're not working them to death doing a million house shows a year. Um, oh, and yeah, they can work anywhere else they want. Let's keep that in mind. Oh, yeah, you can work for GCW. You can work for Impact. You can work for then, you know, New Japan. You can work for CMLL. You can work for AAA. You can, work, you can go anywhere as long as it's not pretty much for WWE for obvious reasons. So I want people to keep that in mind. Get the, let's get this idea out of our heads. Yeah, there's, there's, the, there's the fear they're going to turn into that. But – it gives us talent the opportunity to shine on the big stage and also be able to work a lot of other things in their free time, work their own schedule. Um, But let's kick this off. We got what I thought was an awesome opener, the debut of our Lord and Savior, the priest of the first congregational church of Adam Cole, Bebe, um, taking on Frankie Kazarian. 
you couldn't have started the show with a better match. Oh, you could not right. have started Adam Cole's career in AEW with potentially a better opponent. Um, especially with Frankie Kazarian going off at the elite killer uh, motif. Yep. These two looked great. I just, ah. And then he comes out afterwards at the microphone. Who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby? I love that he's brought that back. That makes me so happy. For those of you who watched him in Ring of Honor, that was like one of his staple things. I'm so happy that that's back now. uh, There's nothing, I can't. He's just so good. There's a reason why I argued he was going to be a top talent over over in WWE. Mm -hmm. And he's showing no signs of slowing down. Nope. Granted, yeah, the card, you know, the card here's a little more uh, bloated, but I think he'll be able to make his. He'll be fine. He, I think he. There's a lot of opportunities for Adam Cole on this roster right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, following that, we had MJF come out. Let me tell you, this guy, he likes to make things so personal. It's incredible. This guy is a Hall of Famer. Um, comes out, does some shit talking. Brian Pillman's music hits. He starts going towards the, you know, towards the ramp, and boom, out of nowhere with a chair. Oh man. Brian Pillman, I love how they're starting to push him a little bit. Yes, uh, yes, I, I love that. Nothing against Griff, but Brian Pillman is definitely he's definitely the star of that team, and he's going to be main eventing AEW pay-per-views, I would say, by the end of next year, at the latest. Yeah, he's what I would call... The next generation of uh, AEW, I guess, in a sense, kind of like we talked about Sammy Guevara, Jungle yeah. Boy, like the homegrown talent. Not that they're homegrown, but they're making a name for themselves here. Here, yes. Yeah, yes. I, I would probably put Brian as like low middle card right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely being with MJF is pulling him up into like middle card status. You know, and if he gets a win, I could easily put him in an upper middle card status. Like, yeah, he he can have like that rocket strapped to his back real quick. He if they do he, it correctly, which they have been so far. Yeah. And I think MJF's a good opportunity. I mean, he's he's not bad on the mic. He's not horrible. But like sometimes part of being on the microphone, you got to have that charisma like MJF or Jericho. And I think he's a the right per. I will never forget when Kevin Owens was teaming up with Chris Jericho. And Kevin Owens was okay on the mic, but when he was with Jericho, his mic skills, I think, went through the roof. Well, I mean, KO's always been always been decent on the mics, but if he's with the right people, it's like it flows more naturally. Like with him and Sami Zayn, my God, it's like Yeah, no, no. I, they were they they were great. Anytime it's a Sami Zayn Kevin Owens feud, I I love whatever they do. Like their match at Battleground 2016 was the match that made me go because I'd never heard of either of them before. That was my favorite match from that pay per view. I'm like, what in the living fuck? Yep. Like, that's incredible. El Generico and Kevin Steen. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, you know, there were bits and pieces before he teamed with Jericho where he's like, okay, he's okay. He, it's like almost like his base level after working with Jericho definitely yeah. went up. Yeah. And he's one of the best, he's one of the best people that they have on the main roster. 
Definitely has them one of the most the most passionate people. It's it's fantastic to see. Yes, it is. Um, I don't know if we talked about him. Did we talk about him last episode? Where his contract is up, end of the year. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors floating. Him, Sammy are close to being done too, and it's yeah. And of course, people started immediately going, "Oh my God, they're going to AEW." I could definitely see El Generico and Kevin Steen making an appearance in AEW. Um, but they might be able to haggle more money on WWE if they play that card. Absolutely, if they want to do that. It depends on where they where they want to, you know, where they are, where they feel in their, you know, their stage of their career. They've gone through a lot, especially with one another. <laughs> um, they've been doing this for a long time, so it depends on, on what they want to do. And maybe um, they're happy where they're at. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and if that if that's what they want and they want to produce what they're producing here in WWE now, then God bless them. Yeah, it's you know, AEW right now feels like a fantasy roster. It's like we're putting together all the big names currently that are out there. And it's just like, yeah, that could be amazing. But you do have to worry a little bit like what's going to happen. Like you have all these people there, all these top talent. Only one person can be top. I, and this is kind of what I was going with earlier, where, yeah, they have all these people there and, oh, this person should be champion. This person should be champion. This person should be ta- champion. Yes, yes. I, there's a lot of people that like to be champion that are in that company. But again, the door is open. So they can go to neutral. I, I think a lot of, I can see a lot of talent doing the Matt Cardona thing at some point. Yeah, just kind of going around. No, absolutely. No, I agree with you. I agree with you there. But obviously, their main exposure is AEW. Yes. Like, you know, unfortunately, you're not going to get the mo- more experience going to Impact. You know, go to New Japan. You'll get a lot of experience in Japan. But in America, it's it's not as much. If they go to New Japan or, um, Strong, maybe that'll help a lot. Uh, that brand definitely needs to get, its you know, more exposure. Um, I, I'm happy that, uh, what was it? Um, I think it was MLW now has a contract with, um vice tv was it mm-hmm. so now I, they're going to be yep. showing on television unfortunately i don't have that show uh that channel so i won't be able to watch it but still i don't have sling account <laughs> <laughs> we keep talking about this i know but um it's um it's nice to see that more companies are starting to get more exposure this is what we need right now we need more companies with more exposure to push more talent to make things better for everybody and I'm happy that AEW is leading that way, but we need more. Give me what I want, a la Batista. Well, speaking of giving us more new talent, uh, we had an awesome tag match. Dante Martin and Matt Seidel taking on FTR. Dante Martin's another one they're starting to push a lot, and he's yes. just flawless. Flawless. And it's good to see FTR after the uh, the mishap a couple weeks ago. Yes. Because I thought they were going to be like. They were done. Yeah. I'm glad that they're back. And they're more aggressive, which I think is just perfect. Like, they're just like, it's kind of like, like their life flashed before their eyes as like a team. So they're like, nah, nah, screw this. We're going to go out and we're going to beat the ever-living shit out of everybody. <laughs> yeah. No, this, this was great. Um, even Matt Seidel, you know, low-key, a little underrated. Um great you know they they i like how they kind of threw this tag team together kind of like as a way to matt Sadell's played the game a long time dante martin's new talent giving him yep. some more exposure solid just 
loved it across the board. Following that, Malachi Black comes out. And I love his I love his entrance for for AEW. It's so it's just it's perfect for him. Mm-hmm. It's I I it's grown on me more and I loved his WWE entrance, but man, this one's really just dark and he has the fucking antlers and he just like chills. He comes out, starts addressing whatnot. He goes and I didn't realize this till after, but Rosie Rosario Dawson was at ringside and yep. she like I kind of looked away. Oh, she's the co-host. That's why she's yeah, so, the yeah, the, show. Yeah, the Go Big Show. I will always remember her from Clerks too. <laughs> Never go ass to mouth. <laughs> um, but then Cody comes out of the stands and attacks Malachi. This man, oh my God. We, when we finish talking about Dynamite, we're talking about this card. We're talking about Grand Slam next week. This week. Um, following that, we had Dan Lambert come out. It's another guy who's great on the mic. Mm. What his end goal is with the UFC uh, talent in there too? I'm curious. And I, I somebody made a good point. I don't think Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page need somebody to talk on the mic for them. No. no. So I'm kind of curious what his role is here. But this was good because then Jericho and Jake Hager came out. And oh yeah. We're getting them in what a match next week? Tag match, yep. Which I believe might be on Rampage. There's so many, there's so many matches for these these two shows for next week or for this week. It's 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 absolutely insane. Yeah, that's on Rampage. Inner Circle taking on Men of the Year. We got to talk about these cards. And I'm just. Ugh. I never thought that the momentum could pick up after All Out. Like, I knew things were going to get cool. I thought they'd cool down, but they're not. They're rolling. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, it's it's not stopping. And it's it's so exciting to see. Like, I haven't felt this, this excited to watch a wrestling product in a long time. Like, SmackDown's been doing a great job of, of keeping things going for the main roster. Raw has just been up and down every single week. And now NXT is kind of like... God damn it, what are you doing? So now it's yeah, like I'm I'm thoroughly invested in Wednesdays and Friday nights completely. Mm-hmm. Same. Um following that we had Jade Cargill taking on legit Leela Hirsch. Um Jade Cargill beat Layla. Um I don't know if this was a shorter than expected. This match, I'm trying to remember. It's just another match to keep building Jade. Mm-hmm. But so, I think it's important. CM Punk was on commentary because I think was Excalibur on Wednesday. Was he still on a Wednesday? I think so. Because this is where CM Punk got attacked by Taz after you know Taz comes over to him. Oh, you're taking my job? He goes, I didn't realize they let trolls over the bridge. That was fantastic. <laughs> and then they threw him. They tried to powerbomb him on the announcers, uh, the uh, commentary table, which did not break. Somebody forgot to cut the table. Um, didn't cut the table. I don't know. It's a good bit. I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. Because he's wrestling powerhouse Hobbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. That'll be that'll be really good. Uh, following that, we had Darby Allen taking on Sean Spears in a storyline that goes back to 2019. Yep. Allen got the win over Spears, and we were talking about this. 
Sean Spears' entrance in this match really starting to make him feel like he's such a big deal. Like, it's the fact that he's not getting as many wins on television really upsets me. Like, he's doing amazing stuff on Dark and Elevation. Like, his, his, his records are really good. But on TV, it's like he hasn't. He hasn't made that leap over. Like he's great in the, the, the uh, developmental side of things, but you put him on television, and he's like on the precipice of being like a megastar. Yes, he's in the pinnacle, and he's there for a reason. And I'm glad that he's still with Tully, but it's like, God damn it, give him a big win. He was. I I, I will never forget how over he was as Ty Dillinger in WWE. Let's keep that in mind. He was over. Because he was the perfect 10. In NXT. Mm-hmm. In NXT. I mean, I remember the Royal Rumble where he came out as number 10 in the place. Which, lit up. I swear to God, if anybody else would have came out at number 10 that year, it would not have made any sense. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, he he's going to be a champion at one point. He's going to be a TNT champion. He'd yeah, be the I guy I want to see that. Um, following that, we had Brian Danielson come out and challenge Kenny. Like this was this was the address. Um, I there's nothing there's nothing to say here. This is just what you want. Again, we live in this timeline. Yeah, we live in this timeline. But speaking about, let's talk about the positives about 2.0 this week. Oh wait, different 2.0. Yeah. Womp womp. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston took on 2.0 in the main event. I want you guys to think about this. They were barely getting time on NXT. Correct. Now they're here, and they are becoming one of my favorite tag teams. Yep. Like, them with um, uh, Daniel Garcia has been, uh, uh, for me, an unexpected joy to watch on television. Matt Lee and Jeff Parker both have mic work. Like, it, there's no... The, their mic work is great. They're great heel. I just, I want more of them. Like, they're so good. and They're I, professional wrestlers, and WWE hates that. <laughs> yeah, no, there was, it's just weird. Like, they came out in, like, that first week, and I'm like, oh, it's kind of quick that they're going to pull the, I thought they weren't even going to sign them, and then they signed them, and now they're out every week. And you're like, I want, the, like, I want this. Like, this is just, like, like they're great heels. They're just yeah. great. Uh, ugh. And this match was short. Again, I think my biggest my biggest concern with AEW right now is the main events are probably they give them like ten minutes. Yeah. Um, don't like that. I wish they were. I get it, two hours of TV, and I don't want three. I don't want three. No. But um, Moxley and Kingston obviously winning because it's Moxley and Kingston. Um, yeah, they beat the demo. Yeah, they went down a little bit from last week. I think it was one point one four five. I think. Something like that, Something yeah. Like that. They, they beat Raw in the demo, which is, again, very important. I wonder what it was like for the night, though. I'm curious. Like, was it, I would not be surprised if this is pushed to the top. And I know 1.5 million or 1.1, you know, whatever. One million isn't a lot. But when you talk about people watching live TV these days, it's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. That's a lot. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think they might have been third or fourth overall, maybe. Maybe. I could be wrong. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, But yeah. No, I mean, they they have completely taken the momentum from All Out, and they have run with it, and they haven't dropped the ball. 
No, they have not. And let's go right into it. So it's funny. I just Googled AEW Grand Slam. This event is so is, is so significant. It has its own Wikipedia page. Because <laughs> I'm just like Grand Slam. I go, maybe I'll find it somewhere. Wikipedia. Click. So we're going to go through these cards quickly because I'm – I just – this feels like a pay-per-view. This feels like a pay-per-view. Yeah. It's I mean, it's two super, two super shows. Brian Pillman Jr. taking on MJF. Malachi Black taking on Cody Rhodes. Forget about this one. Sting and Darby Allen taking on FTR. Dr. That's Brett right. Baker taking on Ruby Soho, which we will talk about that in a minute from uh, Rampage. Um, and then you're right. Okay, Kenny Omega taking on Brian Danielson solo. No, no title involved. So my argument will be if there are no shenanigans, no, you know what? This match I think could go either way. If there's no title involved, I could see Brian Danielson getting the win. But again, it's been Kenny. It's been the elite. Adam Cole's involved. But also Christian and the Jurassic Express have been involved. I don't care. I want this, Scott. I want this. I want this. I fucking want this. The it's only thing be- I want more than this is fucking Brian Danielson taking on Okada at the Tokyo Dome. <sighs> Triple <Not> threat match. <sighs> Heavy breathing has commenced. <laughs> Do I smell toast? I smell burnt toast, Scott. <laughs> but now we're talking about two-hour rampage starting at 10. You mean I got to be up till midnight? <sighs> Watching wrestling? Yes, that's right. We have what they're now calling themselves the Super Click, which has been copyrighted. They used to call themselves that back in ROH, and I'm so happy that they brought it back. Well, we got the Super Click. Adam Cole and the Young Bucks taking on Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. The Inner Circle, Chris, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager taking on the Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. CM Punk taking on Powerhouse Hobbs. Lucha Brothers and Santana and Ortiz taking on the Hardy Family Office, which is Private Party and Butcher and the Blade. Totally missed that one. But that'll that be- one must have been added after Rampage, but we'll talk about Rampage in a minute. And Anna Jay taking on Penelope Ford. Oh, also because of Rampage. At the end. <laughs> Guys, we got. If, if you guys don't follow New Japan again, get on that train. We have Suzuki Goon, Lance Archer, and Minoru Suzuki taking on John Moxley and Eddie Kingston in a lights out match. Let's go! I, I'm want, like, I'm so happy that this is probably the main event of that show because that's going to be around like 11:45, and that's when all the shit gets crazy. Minoru Suzuki, like he, I. Again, he's wrestling shorter matches in Japan. The match lengths are a lot longer. I mean, if this was a main event at, like, again, I will say the Tokyo Dome, or if it's in Osaka Joe Hall, you're looking at half hour to an hour for these right. main events. Yeah. And they they don't stop, guys. This is like, and I'm excited. Minoru Suzuki is low-key. He is a legend in his own right. He was trained by, um, oh, man, who I just see? Legendary Carl Gotch, who was uh, over there from, like, you know, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Like, I think his first, Carl Gotch was in the first New Japan show in 72 and beat Antonio Inoki. That's who trained Suzuki. So, I'm curious if they're going to sign him. I'm super curious if they're going to sign him in a, like, almost like a co, like, hey, like, because this is this is going to be his second match. 
I don't. I, that's a good question. I don't know if they. I don't know if they'd sign him. It's just. I'm wondering if this is their way to get because Moxley can't go over. Maybe they can at least get some of these guys to go over one by one and wrestle him. I mean, that's all good and fine, but maybe after this, somebody else shows up at the end of the night. Oh my god! If Tanahashi fucking comes out of nowhere, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is John Moxley versus New Japan Wrestling. Yeah, and I love every fucking bit of it. Just keep bringing them over one by one, and let let's see if Moxley can knock them all down. Because I'm telling you, if we get Tanahashi, then maybe get Ibushi, and then maybe the Rainmaker himself. My statement stands, everyone. The day I hear that coin drop, I'm burning my house down. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, as of today, Scott, the day we were calling this on Saturday, guys, September 18th is the first day of the G1 Climax tournament. Oh, here we go. We all oh my oh. oh, we already got we already have results. Oh man. Let him fly, Saber, Sam. Oh my god, oh my god, dude. Dude, some of these some of these lineups: Zack Saber Jr. taking on Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi taking on Timohara Ishii, Yojiro Takahashi taking on Kota Ibushi. Oh man, <sighs> guys, G one. Oh man, oh, this is pretty much as you would say in WWE, the road to WrestleMania. But this is this Tokyo is Dome, boy. It's the road to the Tokyo Dome. <sighs> guys, I can mouth breathe all day. <laughs> Why did your listenership go down? Oh, Sam just started panting like a dog every episode. Oh, I mean, he talks about you know New Japan Pro Wrestling and G One Climax. High Climax. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Sam. <laughs> so, unfortunately, guys, we've been kind of things have been going on a lot on Thursdays. We haven't been able to watch Impact, but we're still trying to keep you guys up to date with what's going on over there. Victory Road has come and gone by the time you listen to this. Um. You might have a new champion, um, Christian Cage taking on Ace Austin, Josh Alexander taking on Chris Saban uh, for their respective titles, Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan taking on Moose and W. Morrissey, Finn Juice taking on Bullet Club, Bullet Club and Impact. What, what, think about that. This is the uh, timeline we live in, Sam. This is the timeline we live in. Good Brothers taking on Rich Swan and Willie Mack. I, I keep forgetting they're actually Impact talent because they're always over. On in AEW, I know they're they're a good example of talent. Who yeah, they're on AEW. Actually, I don't think they wrestle too often, but they also yeah. they're they're equally on the other product. Yeah, their presence is known on both shows, and they're going to be doing some stuff in New Japan again. Correct. Um, Matt Cardona taking on Rahit in a no DQ match. Taylor Wilde taking on Tennille Dashwood. Petey Williams, TJP, and Steve Macklin three way. Um, and then, you know, we, um, next month, Scott, it's bound for glory. Oh my God. So let's get right into impact quickly. Impact kicked off where we had decay taken on violent by design where decay defeated violent by design and, um, violent by design is now one less member. They, they buried Rhino. Eric Young put a Violent by Design flag over him, and uh, that's that with Rhino. Well, they did say they were going to, you know, what was what was Eric Young's exact saying? We're going to punish him with violence. Yes. So maybe that's it. 
Is he actually done? Who knows? Maybe he'll come back to something else. I don't know. Maybe we'll get like a one-off Rhino match in AEW. He just needs to wrestle once. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Get the crowd all riled up. Um, Petey Williams took on TJP to defeat uh, TJP. Laredo Kid and John Skyler uh, for each other with Skyler defeating uh, Laredo. Trey Miguel and uh, the Drama King, Matt Ryan. I don't know. How do you pronounce his last name? Raywold? I don't know. The Drama. We're going to call him Drama Matt. Uh, with Trey Miguel getting the win. Oh, it looks like and there was some Deanna Perrazzo and Mickey James action that happened after that, where Deanna Perrazzo hit the ring, delivered a low blow to the victor, only for Mickey James the following night at Brawl and required security. I watched the video of this brawl, and I am very hyped for this match. Very hyped for this match. So I look forward to talking about this next week. There was also a bit where we, and I can't find it on here with the article I'm looking at, but I know Brandy Lauren Mater like, showed up at some point with Sue Young and Kimberly. I do love that faction together. It's it's they're doing a good job with the undead brides this time around, giving you know actual names instead of just being undead brides. So yeah, I'm happy with this. More Basic. exposure for more people. I love it. Basic bitches when September first rolls around. Oh my god! Oh, it's spooky season. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they just event, need their have... pumpkin lattes, and they'll be all set. Ooh. Oh, my God. Imagine that faction. Oh, that'd be more like Tennille Dashwood, though. Yes. <laughs> they call that the Han Solo faction. <laughs> Ugg boots, vests, and pumpkin lattes. Yes. <laughs> uh, following that, the main event was a 10-man tag match. We had Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Brian Myers, Moose, and W. Morrissey taking on Christian Cage, Josh Alexander, Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, and Sammy Callahan. With the faces getting the win. See, I started watching this last night, and I got caught up with something. Um, I got to get back on here. Um, Bound for Glory is right around the corner, guys. We will be definitely watching that. Unfortunately, Scott and I, we're way overdue watching a pay-per-view together again. And I was just like, oh, Scott could go. Oh, high school. Was, yep. Is that the one we watched, or was it Slammiversary? We watched Slammiversary. Yeah, we did. That was good. That was good. That was. We should, we should do that again sometime. I agree, 100%. So let's go back to, let's talk about things that are done right in wrestling. AEW gave away another pay-per-view match for free on TV. Yep. Kicking it off with... Lucha Brothers taking on the Butcher and the Blade for the titles. Man, like I've I've always been like 50-50 with Butcher and the Blade, especially I think it's one of those things where the date when those debuts happen that are weird, it always gives you a weird. It's like when remember when the Dark Order debuted? I'll always yes. go back to them. We're just kind of like I don't know how I feel about this. I'm a little weirded out. Yep. But these guys, I think this is one of my favorite matches. Of the Butcher and the Blade. This was a top-tier match. Mm. Lucha Brothers deserve those fucking titles. They deserve to have them longer than the Bucks did. They're so good. This match, if if anything from Rampage, you guys need to check out this match. Or, I don't know, 
uh, the bit between Britt Baker and Ruby Soho? Absolutely outstanding. Like, I love how quickly and how personal this, this whole thing has become. With Ruby talking about how she's just some basic, you know, regular person that she's <laughs> that she's been across the ring with and banging some dude in the back. Like when that was uttered, I popped so hard at that. I immediately texted you. It was just like, what? I want to send that Godfather a gift. Look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> <laughs> but Brit fires back real quick, talking about how Ruby was fired from her pre- previous place. And then Ruby fires back again with how it's brought her to this and et cetera, et cetera. Britt tries to attack her. We have a nice little scruffle. Britt leaves the ring. And then Ruby does the one thing that I hate the most. And it happened again later on in the show. When you're a challenger for a title that you've never held before, don't touch the title belt. I understand you want the pop from the crowd, but God damn it. Stop it. <laughs> little things. The little it, just, things. it just irks me because I've watched wrestling for so long and that's how it used to be back in the day. Like they'd be real up close to the title. The camera would pan on them, but they wouldn't touch it because they understood that they haven't earned the right to hold it yet. Those are the small things that just make the title seem that much more prestigious. It's I don't know, and it and works. It's a little, it's a little thing. It's just something that irks me personally, and I know a lot of people don't give a shit. I, that, that's all good and fine, but that's just something I wish I would see somebody do again. And it makes it, it would make sense if it's a heel that he could go, okay, you're touching the tie, you're a heel. But when you're face, it's like uh, uh, ego. You kind of get a little egotistical here. Don't it's not fitting your character. Right. I, 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 I'm really on board with that idea. I know it's the it's very little, but sometimes the little things say a lot. Mean the most, yes, exactly. Um, and speaking about that, uh, we had the bunny taking on Anna J. Yeah, this was this was good. Um, Anna J getting the win here. Um, there was a brawl at the end. Uh, Penelope before took both women out with the brass knuckles at the end. Yep. Which is why now we have the match at Grand Slam on Rampage with mm-hmm. Anna J taking on Penelope Ford. Yeah. And then we had our, you know, there's a lot of promos, I think, for next week or this week. Especially we got to see Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega again, just like. <sighs> then we had our main event. Miro taking on Fuego Del Sol for the TNT title. This was, this wasn't bad. Fuego's good. Um, he ended up losing, obviously. The Redeemer, who's going to celebrate with the Lord and his hot wife afterwards. I love that so much. The whole thing is like, he celebrates high up with our with, the, with my Lord above and low with my wife. I was just like, oh, Christ, Miro. And I think part of the stop. thing is he keeps a straight face the whole time. And I'm like. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Like, the promos are just so good and it's just I'm so happy they allow him to speak and him as the redeemer is easily the best character that he's ever had across the board one thing that I've liked about aid that I think I gotta really give AEW props is 
WWE is known for doing these foreign heels. If you're a foreigner and we want you to be, you're you hate America. That's yeah. your storyline. Yep. Miro comes in. Yeah, he's a he's like a heel, but it's not because he's you know from Bulgaria, now residing in Tennessee. Um, it's because you know he just he's you know he's God's chosen champion, and you know. God is the one who's given him this, and his wife gives him other things when she's like a pretzel, you know. So I really like it. It's like, okay, you were still a heel. You were a heel in WWE, but here we're going to make you a heel without making it about your nationality. Right. You're yeah. a heel because of, you know, you're just a pompous, <laughs> yeah. you know. He's literally, I'm going to kill you, and you're just going to smile about it. Because yeah. God has said so <laughs> so fuego lost i figured this was gonna be more of a yeah it wasn't as squashy as i thought it was but it was no quite. this was a longer match than than i anticipated he definitely lasted longer than he did the previous time um he had a couple moments where i thought he there was a chance he might have gotten an upset um but yeah miro is on a path of destruction but at the very end of this, after the match was over, he took Fuego's keys to his car, stuffed them down his throat, and slapped on his, his finisher, which then caused a certain Spanish god to come out. And when this happened, I was like, oh. I actually, I, I understand that, that Fuego and, and Sammy Guevara are like the best of friends, but it never occurred to me I don't know why. Like, I just obviously over clear oversight on my end that Sammy now is next in line for the title. Which I think, and I, I think I said this to you, I feel like this is going to lead Sammy towards his first title. I agree. I don't think he'll win right away because right now Miro, don't interrupt the momentum that he is complete, that he's building. Like, I swear, like, the moment he drops that title, he needs to immediately challenge for the AEW Heavyweight title. Immediately. Like, within the next week. Because mm -hmm. he, right now, is being built so undestructible that whoever he loses to, it needs to seem like a fluke. But he just says, forget it. And his god will tell him to move on to the Heavyweight title. But at that point, it needs to be a face as a champion. So who knows? Yeah, no, I'm. And again, Sammy held the title. I know that was another. They did that twice, which is a little weird. I thought, but their momentum is not stopping. No. I just I don't. You gotta fuck up bad to end, like to make this go downhill quick. Yeah, and I don't see it happening anytime soon. I mean, Tony's completely got the reins to everything. Like, they talk about, you know, people having creative freedom. Tony's like, I'll have open discussions with everybody, but I am the line. Like, I will say what's good, what's not. If you disagree with me, talk to me about it. Maybe we can change things. Otherwise, nobody has creative freedom. It is all on me. Yeah, and I think another thing people got to remember um, that was brought up in conversation, people obviously just want to, you know, oh, WCW, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think very important to note, part of the reason why they went under the way they did 
is because of the AOL Time Warner acquisition. Yes. The merger. They did so, not want wrestling. Yeah, they didn't want wrestling at all. And now they do. They bought into this. And they're giving them probably, I mean, aside from the NBA. And now the NHL. And now the NHL, like TN, TNT. I mean, I remember TNT back in the day, like 20-something years ago. That was that was one of the, the prime channels. Yep. You know, that was, that was, everything was on TNT. Them and TBS, yep. Mm-hmm. TBS used to have the Braves game all the time, and then they would have... Um, WCW Saturday Night, which was another one of the first shows I started getting into, which we want to I want to bring this back a little bit. Um, when it comes to NXT 2.0, the seating reminded me exactly of WCW Saturday Night and the way they had the setup. NXT was like infinitely brighter as in like color wise and like the lighting, but the seating immediately brought me back to that. So now all we need now is that 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 door that opens up with all the uh, with all the dry ice and everything else. We get that, then we'll be perfect. But yeah, holy so Christ, I, so many lights. Yeah, so I think um, overall, I just like this this momentum can't stop. Um, just like our momentum's not stopping. Uh, obviously, you can listen to Scott's Raw review and SmackDown Sunday on Tuesdays and Saturdays, respectively. Uh, we had our first ever Catch a View episode interviewing the chaotic wrestling champion, Davian. Um, check that out if you guys haven't already done so. We will also be doing uh, working on some stuff with our buddies over at uh, Back to the Ring for Ship It Studios. Just, uh, I don't know, check out their episodes, check out their podcast. You know, Zach and the Riddler are your hosts on that. But Grand Slam is this week. Guys, we're going to, oh, man, Scott, we might even have to do, I may have to get you on Skype for that one. We might have to watch that in real time together. That'd be fun. We should, we should do that. And, you know, guys, if you don't already do so, please make sure you follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Above the Ring as well. You can find myself as Sam, the SOB official, and Scott as Scotty J Stream on Twitter. Don't forget to add Ship It Studios across the board. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. They're everywhere. That's our new partnership. Um, we are on all streaming platforms. If there's one you cannot find us on, please let us know. We will make sure we are on there on your streaming platform. Please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a review, leave a comment. Tell people why Above the Ring and Ship It Studios is the podcast and podcast network of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well. Thank you so much for listening. Do not forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.